When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833 833- 995 gold that's 833-995-GOLD, 833-995-G-O-L-D. If you've got a military, first responder, emergency medical, or government service background, GovX.com is for you. You stepped up to serve our country and communities, and GovX delivers unbeatable deals that you've earned. GovX.com is the only site built exclusively to honor your service. Members save on epic brands and the gear they need for their on- and off-duty lives. You'll get incredible savings on tickets to live sports events, theme parks, and other entertainment. You can even save on travel, hotels, rental cars, cruises, and more. See if you qualify. Visit GovX.com. It's easy and totally free. Use code CLAY in the shopping cart to get an extra $15 off your first order. GovX, savings for those who serve. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome back in. Final hour of the week, 14 hours up. About to be the 15th hour here. We appreciate all of you who've been hanging out with us all week long as we continue to roll into the end of the year. Christmas not very far away. couple of things that I want to hit with you here at the top of this third hour. Buck, this is big news, and it's going to have a substantial impact no matter what the Democrat position ends up being in 2024. But they are going to, Democrats are, end the beginning of their primary season in Iowa and instead are going to flip Democrats are again according to this recent uh this recent discussion they're actually meeting now to discuss it and make it uh happen South Carolina will be the lead of the 2024 Democratic presidential nominating calendar that primary will be on February 6th it will then be followed by New Hampshire and Nevada Uh, On February 13th, both of those states would be taking place. And then Georgia would vote on February 20th, followed by Michigan on February 27th. That's a big change from the way that the primary has been set so far. So let me kind of explain why I think that's significant. And then uh, we can discuss what, if anything, it will mean going forward in the Republican side of the 2024 primary race, which is obviously going to be intensely competitive. First of all, both Buck and I now expect that Joe Biden is going to run for re-election. You just heard Tudor Dixon with us saying, hey, I don't think that's going to end up being the case. And certainly 
there are people out there who do not believe that Biden is going to run. I think both of us at this point expect that it is going to happen and would be very surprised. I would want to know, okay, I'm sorry, I, I would have pushed her to say, who? This is the big problem. If there were, if Hillary was, you know, younger and, and, you know, there were some people you'd say they're on the bench. Maybe if John Kerry, some of the Democrats of the past, I know John Kerry's kind of a joke now to people, but he, you know, ran in 2004, almost became the president. Uh, there's just no, there's no alternative option is the problem. And, unless you're going to go with, look, maybe I've started to think this, Clay. I'm going to put this out there. We keep saying Kamala's unelectable. Kamala can't get it done. The Fetterman effect, everybody. You gotta, you gotta take a whole different approach to this. It's not should the person win. It's not is it rational for them to win. Can the Democrats make them win? And with, with Fetterman, we saw the answer was yes in a big way. Can they push Kamala across the finish line? Maybe, I mean, maybe we're underestimating Kamala's chances here in terms of the apparatus. I think that's the only way. What I think is really significant about this alteration in the primary schedule is, if you remember 2020, Joe Biden was dead in the water, crushed in Iowa, crushed in New Hampshire, crushed in Nevada. All three of those states, if I'm remembering correctly, early on, Joe Biden looked like he was done. He basically pulled up shop and left New Hampshire because he knew it was going to be so bad. Did he finish sixth in New Hampshire, Buck? Uh, one of our crew can look that up. I feel like Joe Biden finished fifth or sixth in the state of New Hampshire. It was an embarrassing result, and a lot of people were saying, hey, you've got to be done now. And then what happened? James Clyburn said, Biden is my guy. Uh, the Democrat, largely black electorate in South Carolina, swept Joe Biden to a win in South Carolina. And then from there, everybody got in line, dropped out, and Joe Biden was the nominee. So Joe Biden went from left for dead in Iowa, left for dead in New Hampshire, to South Carolina rescuing his campaign after James Clyburn said Biden's the guy. The reason why I bring that up, there is no legitimate challenge that could happen to Joe Biden when the primary is going to start in South Carolina. Biden's going to win South Carolina by a monumental margin. They're saying they're flipping the calendar because Iowa and New Hampshire have too many white people and they want to allow minority voters to have more of a say in who the Democrat nominee is going to be. Isn't but at kind of least in 24, it, it's, it, it's 100% a huge benefit to Joe Biden because it ends anybody's ability to challenge him. Yeah, but I, mean, I was going to say, it's interesting that they're making this, this uh, switch because it was effectively black primary voters who picked the Democrat nominee in 2020. I mean, that that was what, and even with the system they had, it was That's right. the, the, the difference maker. You just said it was Clyburn, but it was the black, uh, the black primary Democrat vote that switched the whole game around for Biden. And, and by the way, if you look at the numbers, it's uh, even more specifically black female primary voters who effectively chose the Democrat nominee starting in South Carolina and then a range of, of other states after it. Uh, so... Yeah, I mean, if it, look to me, it's got to be Biden again. Though, I, I I think that the the only realistic choice in my mind, I still think it's going to be Biden. If not Biden, though, you can start to see how it would become Kamala, and that and that they would just you know they would just uh, coalesce the, around her and make yes, her the, the machine. The machinery would get into place. The Fetterman effect. 
It's just vote for Kamala or democracy dies, and then people come out and vote for her. That's that's the whole that's the whole pitch. To remind everybody out there, I was a little bit off. Biden actually came in fifth in New Hampshire. Okay, the place where you do the most retail politicking. Bernie was first. Mayor Pete was second. Amy Klobuchar was third. Elizabeth Warren was fourth. And Joe Biden came in fifth in New Hampshire. His campaign was effectively over. And then James Clyburn said, Biden's the guy, and they swept him in. Okay, so if they are truly going to make South Carolina the opening primary uh, season, Buck, this goes to your point, too. I think this solidifies either Biden or Kamala as a monstrous favorite to be the nominee in 24. Because if Joe Biden were to step aside, not run, we know Kamala's running. Are you telling me that James Clyburn's not going to deputize Kamala in the same way that he did Joe Biden and give her a monumental and massive win in South Carolina? I just I don't see any way that she's not going to come out as the presumptive favorite, so, forcing a lot of people to drop out if so they might I, be just, running against her. Yeah, to continue this this thought experiment we're, we're in here, and as you point out, there are some changes being made to the Democrat primary that do give us some indications of where this may be going. Uh, but But with Kamala... I think the consent, and I'm very wary of consensus in politics as a general rule uh, about what's going to happen, and specifically after this midterm where, you know, people got it right about the GOP, but they got it right in the wrong ways, and so eventually they got it wrong, right? Because the votes, there was a red wave, but it splashed in the wrong places uh, for it to make the difference that we wanted it to make in in the actual races, therefore... You know, it was a red wave that was kind of wasted, right? It was, it's almost like stepping up to the plate and you're hitting home runs in batting practice. But then when it actually matters and you're up at the plate for the big game, it doesn't happen. You say that guy's you're, a great hitter, but you got to get it. analogies, by the way. Yeah, you know, I learn. You got to get it when you get it. Um, or when you need to get it. And, and I think with, with, with Kamala, the consensus has been, and yes, there's a lot we could talk about with this. She's been such a disaster. The borders are, She's there's a lot of cringe factor when she speaks about things, but they've they've put her aside. They've sidelined her. And I think that everyone's taken that as, oh, my gosh, they realize that she can't win. Well, that's one version. That's the one that I thought thought up to this point. There's also the possibility that they realize by keeping her out of the fray uh, for a bit, they can then create and concoct a narrative around her of whatever they want it to be. And there's not a lot to go after her with from failure. You know, you know, giving her responsibility as a VP was hurting her brand. So by sidelining her, I think you could make an argument that they are protecting her brand enough that they could then make a case. Now, again, I still think it's going to be Biden, but I'm just playing this out. They could make a case for Kamala in a year and say, hey, she's been great. She's been at Biden's side you know, she's the first black female president. That will be the that will be the primary line about her. And you can start to see how, yeah, I mean, maybe. Maybe now people would say she can't win independent. I'm sorry? The apparatus just gets in line yes. behind her. The apparatus just marches in line behind her. And so then you get, okay, can she win in Pennsylvania? Um, yes, she can win in We just saw the Fetterman effect more clearly there than anywhere else. Can she win in Michigan? Probably. Can she win in Wisconsin, and look at how close it was for Ron Johnson there in the Senate race, right? You know, these are razor-thin contests when you get down to it. 100,000 votes will determine it. 
And and I just, I think maybe if it's not Biden to me, it has to be Kamala. I guess that's what I, it has to be Kamala. They cannot go around Kamala Harris. All this other talk, even Gavin Newsom saying he's not going to run. I don't think they could do that because, by the way, I think I think black female voters in particular would in a primary, for example, if it's, oh, somebody's going to get ahead of Kamala, that that would not I don't think that would sit well. I think they'd react poorly to that and understandably so. Well, and the other thing I will say about the way that they're front loading this buck is a lot of the retail politicking is going to matter a lot less because while they're focusing in the Democrat Party on, oh, Iowa and New Hampshire have overwhelmingly white electorates. Remember, Iowans put Barack Obama in the White House to a large extent. I mean, they they loved him. And that was an early sign of, hey, Obama's going to have appeal even to Midwestern white voters. That was a tremendous amount of success he had. But look, when you start in South Carolina and you know whoever James Clyburn endorses is going to win overwhelmingly there, and then you go to New Hampshire and Nevada on the same day, you're stripping away the retail politicking power of New Hampshire because you're putting it on the same day as Nevada, which is a very different state. And then you go with two big states where you have to have a lot of money in order to compete, Georgia and Michigan, boom, this thing feels rigged so that it's basically over before we even get done with February, clearly Biden, if he's running, I don't even think we'll have hardly any any challengers. But if it's Kamala, it feels like a rig job being put in place for Kamala, too, because these states, to the extent that she is strong anywhere, would be overwhelmingly, I think, likely to break in her favor, given, to your point, the black population and the fact that they're not going to vote against her. And if you look at what's likely to be the case or some of the dynamics here, go remember, it's it's. Not far off here, right? I mean, yeah, we've got a year here that will play out, but we're going to know before that. First of all, who's looking good on the Republican side, and also um, when is the when will the Democrat official announcement come out about whether? I mean, I guess it's kind of variable, but I would think February think for, or March. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so so it's soon is the point. Yeah, and as as you look at this, if they're running, you have to think about what it looks like in twenty twenty four next year if we don't have a really rough recession. With the Republicans in control of the House, there won't be any, there's not going to be Obamacare, there's not going to be some huge legislative issue to run against. And if we're not at war, and you have an economy that maybe is just limping along but isn't in free fall, the Democrat response turns into, or the Democrat uh, re-election pitch becomes very straightforward. I can already see it. It's pretty, things are pretty normal. This is normalcy. Even though you and I know the border is terrible, and crime in cities is terrible, and inflation's super high, we saw how this played out in the in the election just now, and because they're going to be running against, especially if Trump is the nominee, the perception of the death of democracy and the end of the country as we know it. And that worked with independence, which was really sad, but true. It worked with a lot of independence. Oh, unfortunately, it did. The other thing about this is we'll have for the first time that I can ever remember, Buck, a bifurcated nomination strategy and schedule where Republicans, to my knowledge, at least so far, appear like they're going to stay committed to Iowa and go in the traditional Iowa-New Hampshire path. So you may well have campaigns that are usually, you know, they're overlapping. They end up at the Iowa State Fair together or they're both in Concord or Nashua or wherever it is in New Hampshire appealing to the same independent voters. You may not have that overlap of Republicans and Democrats in the same way that we have in the past when both have the same primary calendar. What does that mean? How does that factor in? 
and how much retail politicking is actually going to be involved as more and more money rolls in is that moment of walking into a diner in New Hampshire or hanging out at the Iowa State Fair with voters in Iowa. Is the face-to-face going to register in the same way going forward, or are we just going to have these big national campaigns? I think that's really kind of intriguing to think about as you sort of game plan what 2024 is going to look like. And we're just one year basically away from when these votes start. I mean, I think presidential elections now are determined by media and vote gathering machinery. That's what we need to. It is a propaganda fight and a vote counting, uh, a ballot distribution, et cetera, battle. And a lot of the other stuff, debates. We like to talk about debates. Debates don't matter. They don't matter. Romney, people don't even remember this. Romney annihilated Obama in the first debate. It was yes. even Democrats were completely shocked at how Mitt Romney. I know people are like, go. I mean, you're, they're probably thinking You're I'm right. crazy. He crushed him. Go back and watch it. Mitt Romney put on a clinic of how to debate uh, for Barack Obama in that first. Didn't matter. Got got a, got destroyed in the election. So it's about the machinery, folks. Think of it like battles. People, uh, what is it? Amateurs talk strategy. Professionals talk logistics. We need to understand the logistics of how to win state, local, and national elections. And, and, and the technology of all this, too, is really important. Another fight that's absolutely critical that's underway right now is the fight to protect life. Unborn babies need your help. And the preborn pregnancy clinics are there for them right now. This nonprofit organization has saved the lives of hundreds of thousands of babies. Their mission is to rescue babies from abortion, and every day, preborn rescues about 150 babies' lives. Now, how do they do this? It's very straightforward. They offer an ultrasound to an expectant mom making the biggest decision of her life. You can understand this. When a mother considering abortion hears the heartbeat of her unborn child, she sees that precious life. The majority of the time, she will choose life. Will you join the fight and help preborn pregnancy centers nationwide right now? A donation of any amount will help. And if you have the means, would you even consider consider a leadership gift? An ultrasound machine costs fifteen thousand dollars, but now through a match, if you can donate seventy five hundred dollars, that alone, because of the matching pro- uh, program, will place an entire machine in a preborn clinic, which could save countless babies' lives. I know it's a big ask, but will you accomplish that gift? It could be life changing for thousands of unborn children. Use your cell phone right now. And by the way, if you can donate $10, that's fantastic. Whatever you can give. But I know there's somebody out there right now who, and it is tax deductible. This is a 501c3. I know somebody has $7,500 they can donate to save the lives of hundreds, if not thousands of babies. Use your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say the word baby. Or you can do what I do, which is just donate at the website, preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash B-U-C-K, sponsored by Preborn. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? 
It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. The number one fantasy sports app in America is Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Five million members already active on Prize Picks. If you've not yet downloaded Prize Picks, do it today. Unlike other apps on Prize Picks, it's just you against the number. It's about the players and not the teams. You look for the sports you know best and that you follow the most. Then you make a single decision on each player projection, more or less, every time you play. You pick two to six players and make that one decision. You can win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four picks. More player action on prize picks now than ever. And it's the best way to get action on sports in more than 30 states now. Prize picks also gives you injury insurance so your picks stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Download the free prize picks app and open your account. Use my name, Clay, for a first deposit match. Up to a hundred dollars. Download the Prize Picks app. Use promo code Clay. That's C L A Y to get set up and get a deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. Change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify God. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. With over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Let it flourish. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Biden, as you know, says things that can be confusing to everyone, including Biden. But here he is at the state dinner last night. A lot of lobsters or a lot of fancy stuff going on. Emmanuel Macron is there of France. And Biden just refers to France as, well, you'll hear it. Play it. France was our first ally, first country to fly the American flag after our revolution. And Frank posted the first diplomatic post before, more than anything else, France has been our first friend. I mean, Clay, I love going to Frank so I can try some Frankfurters. He just keeps getting worse when you just hear his voice and the slurring and the inability to basically make anything happen that doesn't sound crazy. Let's be honest. It's just a mess. Business owners, you're continuing with shrinking profit margin, margin, supply issues, keeping your staff engaged. You need a win. 
Maybe it can qualify for a tax refund from a little-known IRS program. If your business has five or more employees managed to make it through COVID, you could be eligible to receive a payroll tax rebate of up to $26,000 per employee. Not a loan, no payback. It's a refund of your taxes. How do you get your business this refund money? Go to GetRefunds.com. They're tax attorneys, specialists, little-known payroll tax refund program. They do all the work, no charges up front, just share a percentage of the cash. They get with you. The team at GetRefunds.com has already returned over a billion dollars to businesses. They can help you as well. Just go to GetRefunds.com, click on Qualify Me, answer a few questions. Payroll tax refund only available for a limited amount of time. Don't miss out. Go to GetRefunds.com. No risk, high reward. GetRefunds.com. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. We roll through the final hour of the Friday edition of the program. Hope all of you are going to have a fantastic weekend. We are joined now by Julie Banderas, Fox News anchor. She's also fantastic on Gutfeld. She is the mother of three young children, 12, 10, and 6, and she has an anti-woke children's book, Fiona's Fantastical Fort. Julie, do you drink now more or less than when you had kids? Uh, more, believe it or not. And then there was this study in the pandemic that actually said that during the pandemic, moms drank more. And I'm like, during the pandemic, how about since I had started having children 12 years ago? (laughs) I didn't need the pandemic to turn to a glass of wine or two during bath time. Tell us about the book. Like, uh, what motivated you to write the book? I'm sure you've read a lot of kids' books over the years, and that is something that strikes a lot of parents. Uh, Would you have written this before you had kids? What drove you to write it? I would have never written this before I had kids because I couldn't care less what was happening in schools because it didn't affect me, right? But during the pandemic, as a mom, when I had kids at home, and that's when the heavy drinking really started during homeschooling in the afternoon. My mom, (laughs) sometimes my kids would actually come over with a bottle at about 1 o'clock, and they're like, Mommy, I think it's wine time. And I'm like, you are absolutely right. But, you know, during the pandemic, that's when I realized that our kids are being taught stuff that I would have never approved of had I been in the classroom. Sex ed in kindergarten, because quite frankly, that is what they're teaching now by bringing in this woke ideology that they need to teach five and six-year-olds about what it means to be bisexual or gay or transgender. My child does not need to know about anything that has to do with sexuality, and that includes gender revealing information that teachers are teaching small children. So the reason I wanted to get on with Brave Books, who, you know, they're this amazing Christian conservative book publishing company. Uh, The CEO, Trent Talbot, basically left his career as an ophthalmologist because he saw a need for children to be actually taught things that include American values and morals and just beliefs that I was raised around. But for some reason, something changed in this country where that is no longer the norm in a public classroom and a public school classroom, which was disturbing to me. So these books actually come out with positive messages, which I think is awesome. Mine is Fiona's Fantastical Fort. You can get it on bravebooks.com. It's a story about perseverance. And every single month, if you subscribe, you get this amazing book a month. Um, this month, it's uh, Kirk Cameron actually has a book uh, out. You have to check it out. It's lovely. But every month, a positive message, which parents, honestly, this is what you need to subscribe to when it comes to Christmas time, because it's the gift that keeps on giving. I mean, unfortunately, our children and schools right now are being inundated with, you know, this ideology that is just bringing them to this really dark place. And I'm really nervous and scared for our kids' futures. 
Juliet's Buck, uh, congrats on the book. Hi, and Clint, Buck. I think it's so. Hey, how are you? We, we think it's so cool when people in in the field of you know news commentary. I mean, obviously, you've been with Fox a long time doing news, but doing things that are also content creation in the cultural space, going beyond uh, you know commentary on the day's events. I think there's such a huge need for that. So, uh, kudos to you for that. I also, wanted to ask you when you talk to other parents. And, and I really, I, you know, this isn't a leading question because I don't know, because I know of parents, of friends of mine who are parents now. I mean, I'm working on it. Clay keeps telling me. Clay's going to put me through parent boot camp soon. He's going to be like telling me. Mine are 14, 12, and 8. So I'm telling yeah. him what he's got coming, yeah. really. Uh, but oh, but I hear from parents, they'll say, you know, other parents in the classroom sometimes or when they hear about what's going on, they're kind of like, okay, you know, they're a little woke themselves or they're a little indifferent to it. I mean, most of the parents you come across, do they feel like, this has gotten completely out of line with the exposure of children, particularly to the sexualized content at a young age under the uh, under the rubric of education. Yeah, I mean, first of all, any parent that I speak with who's in the public school system, I feel is a bit on the woke side. Whereas if you talk to parents like myself, whose kids have been going to Catholic, private Catholic schools since they were very little, um, they do not have to experience the same sort of um, in issues. They but I do believe that this whole country is sort of turning uh, right. You know, I, when I look at the election in the midterms, right, you know, we talked, we predicted a red wave. Well, we didn't quite get the red wave politically, but we did get the red wave when it comes to school districts because more and more parents are standing up. There are, there are school districts that are being sued right now in the state of Pennsylvania, for example, by dozens of parents that are basically putting their foot down and saying, look, I'm the par parent. I should be in power, not the school districts, not the administrators, not the teachers. There are actual school districts that have made it a rule that if a child goes to school and questions their sexuality or their gender, that they can share that private information with an administrator, and that administrator is not obligated to share it with the parent. So there are parents that are suing over that. And I believe that there's a lot of school districts in this country that are now finally hearing from parents because parents are sick and tired of the school districts trying to take power from the parent. The parents should be in power, not the teachers, not the administrators. And it's, Julie, it's frustrating to see. L.A. is talking about putting people back in masks indoors. You mm -hmm. lived through COVID, I would think, probably having to drink more because you were in yep. New York City area, which would have drove me insane. Yeah. If New York City follows L.A. and decides people need to put masks back on indoors, how do you think a lot of parents in the tri-state area are going to react People are going to move out of New York City because that's exactly why people moved out, number one, because of the lockdowns and the Im implemented masks. The mask mandates really put our children back years, years. I mean, our mask scores and our it, it, all of our school scores are so low right now. People couldn't even make eye contact or see somebody's facial you know, expressions, you know, see somebody's mouth moving in a classroom. That is really important for kids to learn by actually being able to look at somebody's face when they're speaking to them. So a lot of parents moved out of New York City during the pandemic because one, and this is me, I moved out of the city during the pandemic because when I found out that the kids were going to stay on Zoom all day long, I was like, oh, heck no, I'm not doing that to my kids. So we moved out and private Catholic schools stayed in school all year. They never went to Zoom unless there was a, you know, COVID scare at the school, then they would have to quarantine for a week or two. But then they were back in the classroom. So that's what's going to happen. New York City, and I don't believe that they'll do this again because I can't imagine that any any person in law, uh, law enforcement, or anybody, uh, you know, politically uh, driven would 
make the same mistake twice because by closing, by basically making mask mandates, you're basically telling kids, don't come to school. There's no point. And they're going to move out into other cities. And that's why our economy is where it is right now. I believe the mask mandates, in fact, actually damaged our economy and helped us toward inflation. I mean, I believe that the reason why we're in this mess economically is because small businesses shut down and prices went up demand went up and supply went down because we were closing businesses left and right. And New York City is a perfect example of that, led by Democrats who made these awful decisions. And now our kids are suffering because of it. Julie, where do we uh, send folks to get a copy of your excellent book? Hmm, bravebooks.com. And then also I've got this Julie signature treasure box that you guys have to check out. If you go to bravebooks.com slash Julie, uh, there's this treasure box that has over seven wonderfully written stories with positive messages. Plus you get a signed copy of my book and a fort, a fort building kit. And I've included a compass in there for many reasons. One, I'm a boat captain and I, I rely on a compass. But secondly, I want people to sort of use that. Hold on. You're a boat. You're a boat captain. What kind of boat are you a captain on? I am a captain of a 42 foot Grand Banks. That's a big deal. Basically, I'm like a man, sort of. Um, Every time (laughs) I I, every time I pull my boat into a, a slip at a marina, I kid you not, when they see me driving my boat from the top. Um, and sometimes even back when I had newborn babies and they were strapped to my chest, I'm not kidding. I was navigating my boat and slipping, uh, docking it. All these men would come running to the dock, assuming I'm going to crash or hit somebody. Somebody who's taken pictures and video had nothing to do with who I was because they didn't know who I was. They were probably collecting, uh, evidence for their insurance company, you know, <laughs> thinking that I'm going to crash into them. I'm not kidding. And then later they're like, oh my God, I'm so impressed you can dock that thing. Yeah. My wife is way so. better at handling a boat because she grew up on boats in Michigan than I am too uh and so the you guys would actually be great co-captains uh on the uh, on the high seas Clay and I will be on the back drinking Zimas that's right and taking selfies oh my god (laughs) that taking selfies that's hysterical no I would love oh my gosh if you guys are ever in the New York area in the summertime please let me know and I will take you guys on board. I swear, I'm I'm a, a really good captain. I've been doing it for a long time. But the but as far as the compass is concerned, I kind of thought of it as a moral compass. Our children need to be sort of guided, right, with a compass, with a moral compass. And who doesn't love a compass? It's a cute compass. It comes with a signature box. So you gotta you gotta get this. It's like the perfect gift for uh, grandparents and parents to give to their children this season. Brave Books, bravebooks.com. Julie Banderas, go pick up her book. Julie, thanks so much for hanging with us. Come back soon. I would love to. Thank you, guys. Have a great weekend. Thank you. I, you know, we, we, She's now we great go. on Gutfeld. You're really good on Gutfeld. They've done a good job with putting together some talented, fun people on that Fox News late I mean, it's it's a remarkable... It's funny because Fox dominates so much and so many... You know, the biggest 8 p.m. show, the biggest 9 p.m. show, yeah. the biggest 7 p.m. show, you know, in the primetime... The fact that it has the biggest late night comedy show as part of its lineup on what is a cable news channel is a pretty amazing achievement. And props to Greg Gutfeld, who was the first person who ever put me on television. You were on at like 4 a.m. in the morning, right? Oh, like super man, the old night. red eye days. It was on 3 a.m. That show was awesome. Was like, it live at 3 a.m.? Were, were there one or two people who maybe showed up and I was like, I can smell the whiskey on your breath. <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny. Were you it actually was a great live show. at 3 a.m.? No, they would tape it, and then they would air it at 3 a.m., but it got a big audience on DVR and on digital. They'd put it up on YouTube. So the sort of uh, early play-on-demand feature of it allowed for it to grow a really substantial audience, and obviously now they've got, dude, they got 2 million people a night watching uh, Gutfeld. 
for people who don't know, more people watch Gutfeld on Fox News than watch Stephen Colbert, than watch Jimmy Fallon, than watch Jimmy uh, 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 Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel. All those shows that are on ABC, NBC, CBS, all of them, they get beat by Fox News now in primetime and late night. It's pretty Sometimes crazy. Sometimes there is justice in this world. Want to give yourself a gift that's going to benefit you all year round for years to come? One that's very, very comfortable. I'm talking luxurious. The X chair, my friends. I'm sitting in one right now. It's where I do my show every day. All hours of the show done from an X chair. It's the best office chair you're going to find anywhere. I mean, I've got them now for my mom. I'm for my mom and dad, for my sister. They love their X chairs. X chair is the best investment you can make for your body and your business. They've got great financing available right now, too. Think about how much time you spend in your chair. This isn't an area where you want to economize and have some old hand-me-down. Or In New York City, people just like find them old, old chairs on the street. They're like, yeah, I'll patch it up. No, no, no. You want a chair that feels good, that looks good. You're spending a lot of time in it. So you can finance an X chair for about 20 bucks a month. For less than a dollar a day, the X chair will make the hour spent at your desk so much more comfortable and productive. And here's an extra special offer. You can use the code FOOTREST22 for a free footrest with every chair purchase. you got to order by December 20th to ensure Christmas delivery. Go to xchairbuck.com. That website again, the letter X, chairbuck.com. Use FOOTREST22 for a free footrest with your order. Remember, you want to order now and certainly by the 20th of December to ensure Christmas delivery. It's a great gift for yourself or for a special someone for the holiday season. xchairbuck.com. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. Change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify God. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. With over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Let it flourish. 
Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, hey, I'm covered, no worries. Not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. And that can be a lot of money for your family, but how do you know you're not being overbilled? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. So unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claim comes in, HealthLock technology reviews the claims for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors, so you pay only what you owe. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it before you see another health care provider. HealthLock.com. HealthLock.com. Close it up shop here on the Clay and Buck Show before we all head off for our weekends. Appreciate you rolling with us. If you uh, didn't catch every part of the show, the podcast, also the Clay and Buck Hang Session will drop this weekend. You get to hear about how Clay picks his modern art. Um, how his modern art expertise. People were mad at us, by the way, about our takes on wine. Did you see some of those uh, emails from people who were like, look, I just, I would ask those folks who are having their, you know, by the way, we, you and I both, we both admit to be barbarians on the topic of wine and modern art. Like we are not, I am not a sophisticated wine drinker. I'm not a sommelier. And, uh, and Clay is, uh, well, I just want to hear Clay say sommelier. He's, he's sommelier. Uh, I, I would, yeah, I don't even know that I could uh, pronounce that word. And I just think that everyone out there who is a wine snob and everybody out there who is a modern art snob, because I think that's important because your point yesterday, like, hey, the Sistine Chapel, there's not like that's that, that's kind it's of difficult amazing. to be like, hey, yeah, somebody, anybody could do this. No, I'm talking about uh, just a bunch of squiggly lines that people convince yeah. themselves is a big deal uh, down at Art Basel with Miami and this is funny. Basil. Basil. All right. What does basil mean? I learned. It's like the English way of saying basil. I don't know. But, but what is it? I don't even know what that means. I don't know. Name. They have an ATM there, Buck, that tells, uh, takes a picture of what your uh, dollars in your bank account is and then ranks you every single person who uses the ATM. I saw we got an article up about it at OutKick, so I just saw this. So be careful. When you're rolling around out there, there's no telling what's going to happen. Yeah, no, that's that's not that's not a contest I want to play. <laughs> um, so we have oh this weekend though probably while Art Basil is going on here, I don't even know what ba- that means. Is it Basil? I think it's Basil. I, I, I hope you're I in Miami correct, right I'm now. I might even I, been wrong. I don't know. I've seen it written a billion times. I've never seen anybody actually say it out loud. I'm pretty so, sure I don't it's even Basil. know where that name and comes I, you from. Know, I'm down here in Miami right now. I'm pretty That's sure That's how Basil. uncool I am, by the way. I can't even pronounce how cool the modern art exhibit is. So, you know, I'm learning these things as I go. But we're trying to find a good movie to watch this weekend. There's going to be nothing because most movies these days are garbage. That's a whole other conversation. Uh, but we did see the, the drop of the latest. It would be Indiana Jones... The fifth Indiana Jones movie, which I think is, you know, he, here's a little here's a little teaser, a little bit of the trailer, and uh, we'll talk about it in a second. Play it. I don't believe in magic, but a few times in my life, I've seen things, things I can't explain, and I've come to believe it's not so much 
What you believe is how hard you believe it. So I just I'll I'll put this out. I know you and I agree on this one, and we basically grew up with the same movies and like a lot of the same movies. Um, in fact, I don't know if you like any movies that I don't like. I don't think you've said anything yet where I'm like, oh, you know, you haven't been like, I love the English Patient. Oh, it was so good. You know, you're not like, oh, I think the Royal Tenenbaums is the cla- best movie I've ever a seen. A lot of people who claim to be really wine connoisseurs love the English Patient. There's oh, a big overlap I know. there. I'm not going to disagree with you. A lot of wine connoisseurs love the English Patient. Anyway, um, just because, you know, it's fancy. But I think Indiana Jones, one of the five best, maybe three best trilogies of all time in movies. I love the Indiana Jones. And I, it's a trilogy. There's no fourth movie. It didn't happen. The Kingdom of the Grey Skull or whatever it was called doesn't exist in many of our minds. I hope that the lesson that has been learned over the insane level of success of Top Gun Maverick is that don't woke the movie that is a classic. If they would just make the same kind of Indiana Jones movie that they made in the 1980s, Buck, it will make a billion dollars. A billion dollars. Because people want to love it. Don't overthink this. Don't wokeify it. Just do what Top Gun did. They made a great movie that had nothing to do with the year that it happened to come out in. I hope they can do that to help to erase four uh, and make a good episode five here to make us forget about episode four. I might go back and watch... And this is the you think Last Crusade is the best one? I think it's I the still, best of the original trilogy. I might be a Raiders of the Lost Ark guy, so we might have to go off into the weekend fighting over this one. Have a great weekend, everybody. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.